Hey guys, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this episode of the Anime Infinity Podcast. As always, make sure to go and show some love to Earthworm over at the Anime Brothers Podcast because this episode would not have been possible... <laughs> I was doing so good. <laughs> because this episode would not have been possible without him. If you're interested in coming and hanging out with me and other fans, make sure to check out the Discord and in the links below. Please enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to the Anime Infinity Podcast. I'm your host Sky and today I am joined by half number two from the Anime Brothers. Earthworm, how's it going? Good, but even on a guest podcast, I'm the number two. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just... I mean, the, pr the problem here is that we had JD on last time, so I can't really call you half number one. It just doesn't really work like that. I mean, I guess I'll take it in succession, but if you don't know, if you haven't heard... Uh... If you haven't listened to my podcast, Anime Brothers, that's a thing. JD always comes in saying, I'm host number one with host number two. And I'm like, ah, yeah, so I guess I'll go fuck myself. Cool. <laughs> hey, number two is not always a bad thing. Come on. No, honestly, uh, I'm perpetual player number two in my life. Uh, and that's that's a, a metaphorical thing and a literal thing. I When I join an online lobby, I don't like to be the leader of the lobby. No matter what game it is, no matter how adept I am at the user interface, I'm like, no, nah, you, you go ahead. Just start when you're ready. I'm good. That's because the host always gets all the hate. <laughs> yeah. And that's because JD was know. literally always player one when we were kids, so he 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 did this to me. <laughs> uh there we go. There we go. So uh how's it been? How how you been doing? I uh, pretty good. Um I definitely had I'm, I'm not sure exactly how long before this is going to be released compared to when it's recorded, but um I fairly recently I had a whole carb trouble shenanigans, so my advice is, if you don't need a car, don't buy one. They're, they're a pain in the ass. Dude, no kidding. My car's actually been in the shop for, like, over a month at this point. I don't know what's going on. Dude, I and it's funny. I, I just remembered. Uh, we had you on our show uh, a few months back. Maybe, like, six months ago. And then my car also had problems then, which I was just getting over. So <laughs> I don't know if you're a curse or a blessing because you come around when my car's fixed. But uh, either way, I really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, life's tough, and uh, the cars especially, it's it's bad. Uh, I, You know, I've been working on trying to get some work recently, and one of the places that I <laughs> that I applied to was like an auto parts shop. And when I was doing the interview, the guy was like, yeah, so if you work here, you're going to have to deal with a lot of very angry customers because people just go in super pissed off <laughs> because their cars are broken and no one's happy about that. I'm like, I feel that. I feel that. It's true, dude. It's 100% true. Like, and I, I've been there and I'm not even mad. I'm, of course, I'm not mad at the guy behind the counter, but I'm fuming because I just need this thing to get me to the next fucking town and it just won't do it and i don't know why so yeah i i, I feel that and I, I want to extend an apology to every auto parks worker out there in any country where we as the as the broken down people we're sorry <laughs> yeah for real uh anything else though i mean i don't want to spend too much time on uh what have you been watching but has anything stood out to you recently because i like to spotlight a couple things um let's see stood out to me recently um not yeah. too recent but comey can't communicate was an absolute gem i really enjoyed that uh, i'm trying to think of what the hell 
have quick, I been watching? Uh, I, I want to talk about Comey for just a okay. second because I haven't seen it, but I did watch the opening last night because I was listening to uh, your episode that you dropped recently where you were talking about the anime awards and you went on this intense rant about the, the Comey opening. So I was really curious. So I went to watch it and what... It was it was not a bad opening. It was good. But what I want to talk about is how much the visuals of the opening reminded me of this of the movie that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. Ex- I was curious if it stood out to you as well. Yes, I didn't make the connection when I first started wa- when I when I started the movie. Um but yes, now that you say it, very similar. I guess the biggest difference would be the color palette. Um in in it's words true. bubble up like soda pop, it's way brighter and uh, in the Comey OP they're very uh, like muted pastel. pastel. You know, yeah. 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 Um, but the clouds were like the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the art the style was very similar. The uh, the flowing colors. I just love that. I I'm a sucker for fluid animation. Like I'll take fluid animation that goes off character model over like just regular I guess animation that sticks on character model no matter what. I'll I'll take the earlier shit. All day. I just, there's something about it that really gets my jimmies going. Really? You'd probably like a lot of uh, Masaki Yuasa works then, I, I imagine. Because his, his shit goes off model like crazy. He's a uh, perfect blue and paprika guy, right? No, no. that's Satoshi Kon. I, can't, I get uh, them c- confused be... all the time. Dude, I feel you. This would be uh, Kaiba, Devilman Crybaby. Okay. Uh, stuff like that. Yes, yes. Uh, it. Which one of them did Paranoia Agent? One, Frick, I, who was that? I, was that was that Satoshi I Kone think or was that somebody else? I think it's Kone, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I think that's Satoshi Kone. It, it might have been him. Uh, we're we're going to say it was him and just with an asterisk that we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yes, so we are don't. not professionals. <laughs> I At least I'm not. I ain't claiming that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. We know some things that we're talking about, but we also like to talk out of our asses. Yeah, that, I, I will. That too is there. I'm a professional when it comes to Yu Yu Hakusho lore and dialogue, but other than that, I can't consider myself a professional at anything. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, sorry, I, I got us off track. We were talking about Comey. What else? You're good. Um, uh, I haven't really been watching too terribly much because um, we are gearing up for, for a big month for the podcast, so I've been kind of taking that time to to chill but i did watch demon slayer mm-hmm. the newest season recently we reviewed that and uh, I-, I loved it i thought it was an absolute bop uh, i know some people were upset i know there was some controversy along with just some demon slayer fans who didn't like the character maybe not the character writing but more so the plot but i'm, I'm here to tell you if you just go in and you want to watch demon slayer and you don't need attack on titan it, demon slayer is fun don't don't read too much into it it's, it's a fucking it's an ex- exploration of the shonen genre, and if you, you understand that, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I mean, Demon Slayer is ridiculously popular, and that's probably why I haven't gone back to it since I dropped it. Because of I mean, course you it dropped didn't Demon blow me Slayer. Away. <laughs> of <laughs> no? course you <Okay>. did. <laughs> Okay, let me defend myself. I dropped it after episode 19 because it wasn't as good as everybody said it was going to be. I'm sure, well, the hype for episode 19 was something outrageous. I'm glad I didn't know about the hype until after I had watched it. Because it was a good episode, but it took me a minute when people were like, oh, that episode that broke Twitter. I'm like, which one? Episode 19? Yeah, oh, was it the, oh, it was the spider and the spin with the fire. Yeah, that was cool, I guess, but I like the drum guy better. I thought that was way cooler. (laughs) I agree. I I literally stopped. I watched up. I binged up to episode 19 and I was just kind of thinking, I was like, why? 
Why did people say this was so good? My expectations were too high, I suppose, just because of how everywhere it was. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it, so I dropped it. <laughs> I should go back to it because I didn't dislike Demon Slayer, but it definitely didn't blow me away. But I'm also kind of not as big into, you know, battle shonens and stuff as I used to be. So and that, that might also be part of it. That's a big thing. I mean, JD brought it up and he, he looked at it for me as more of a palate cleanser because I have... Definitely not been watching a lot of shonens in the past year. I've gotten way more into the slice of life aspect of anime, and I've I've just been loving that. But that's a side note that that we'll get into later, I'm sure. But uh, it yeah, maybe maybe that's what it was. It was a nice, easy. I mean, Demon Slayer is easy to watch. I've always said that. Whether or not you really like it, it's easy to watch. So maybe it's true. Maybe it was just that shonen palate cleanser that I needed. You know, it was like I've been watching a lot of you know just non battle stuff. So. Demon Slayer was perfect for the time for me, but you know, again, I had a great time. I, I, but I wasn't looking to be mad at it. Maybe a lot of I feel like a lot of people are looking to find something wrong with Demon Slayer because it's so popular. Yeah, something that I've been trying to do as of more recently is just have no expectations for anything because I know you know back in the day when I was first getting an anime, I you I had to have expectations because everything was because I didn't I hadn't seen anything so everything was already seen and talked about all the big stuff. Yep. So yep. you go in knowing what's supposed to be good and what's supposed to be bad, and then you kind of form your taste around how you feel regarding the popular opinions of the things that you've watched, and then you kind of build from there. And these days, I've seen a lot. I mean, obviously, there's so much I haven't seen, but I've seen a fair amount to already have my own very very specific tastes on what I do and don't like and what I do and don't agree with. So I've tried to just go in not expecting anything because I'm sure that there are things that I've gone in thinking are great, like eight, nine out of tens that if I had expectations for, I would have thought were like maybe a six or a seven just because expectations do a lot to fuck with how you perceive something. It's, it's crazy. No, you're right. And that was well said. It's just, it's so hard to not form an immediate expectation. I feel like in the way that we're raised, a lot of us are almost bred to to form an immediate expectation or like judge something immediately off of looks. I don't know if it's human nature or if it's society. I, I'm not here to break that down, but it happens, man. Like the second you hear somebody say something about an anime, you either subconsciously kind of agree with that or disagree with that. Like if you, I don't know, it, it's hard when you're in, when you're in communities like ours, when you have a discord, when, if you have a Twitter, God forbid that you check often, it, it's hard <laughs> to not be swarmed with opinions. I mean, for me, I, unfortunately, when I got into the anime, it was, it was Rant Cafe. That was my first anime podcast. And I'm not saying they're bad, but they do talk a lot of shit. And that's kind of, <laughs> it, oh, for sure. you, you form a lot of opinions just by the opinions you hear. If you don't mm -hmm. go out of your way to, to search these things out. So I, you know, because of them, I, I think bleach was terrible after a certain amount of time. <laughs> I've never seen bleach. <laughs> Yeah, it's also it's it's also why I don't read manga because anime is my preferred, you know, medium. Sure. And if I read a manga, which I've had happen before, and uh, it gets an anime adaptation or I then watch the adaptation after the manga, it I'm no longer looking at the anime as what it is. I'm looking at it as an adaptation of the manga. And because I prefer anime, 
I don't want to do that to myself because I'm just making the the experience of my preferred, you know, thing worse just because I happen to read a book that I maybe thought was okay. Like an example is there's a there's this comedy slice of life called uh Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun and I, you know, bought several volumes of the manga okay. and read it and then I watched the uh the anime and this was back when I only watched dubs, and I hated the adaptation because the casting was just so wrong compared to how I pictured the characters in my head. It, I think it's a very loyal adaptation, and it's probably just as funny and enjoyable as it is in the manga, if not more. But I just immediately didn't care at all because the characters did not sound like I pictured them when I read the manga. So I, from there, I've kind of just given up on reading manga so that I can just look at the anime as whatever it is rather than always making it a comparison. I can understand that. You got you got to go and read those manga that are never going to get an anime adaptation. The the poon well, poons. Even sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah, you well you got to find the old ones. Like if it's like 10 years old and even when it was dropped originally, it was like this will never get an adaptation. You got to find that. And then if if especially like the Junji Ito collection adaptation, like I feel like a lot of people could probably look at that and go, I doubt that's going to be very good because it's hard to recreate what Junji Ito does mm-hmm. in anime. So, you know, maybe just stay away from it. Just don't, don't, don't touch, don't touch those ones. Like, they shouldn't have touched the manga in the first place. Anyway, we're going on crazy. This is tangent the episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a little bit more willing to to go off a little bit just because while the film that we're going to discuss is great, there's not a whole lot of depth. So I'm not sure how much we'll be able to squeeze out of it. I also there's also not that much to critique. I mean, at least for me. So I'm willing to go off a little bit. I do. I want to discuss before we move into the film. Um, I want to mention a show that I've been watching. Okay. Just because. Oh yeah. I don't think I'll get the chance to talk about it anywhere else, ever. It's not an anime. It is a British animated kids television show that is on Netflix called Hilda. And like I like I said, it's not anime and it's, you know, a kids show. So it's difficult to like find a place to discuss it. But it is, it is wonderful. I, the way that I can describe it is I want to say just peak whimsical fantasy is like the best way that I can describe it because it's just so fun. It's just so whimsical. It's about a girl who uh, she, she moves into this town called Trollberg and it's pretty episodic because you know, most, most children's shows are, and it's just all about, it's kind of monster of the week ish with just seeing these different, you know, fantastical creatures that happen to live in this town and her adventures that that come from them and it is just so wonderful it's so hard to describe because it sounds boring it just sounds like a dumb kid show with you know no real appeal but i mean i would say chill vibes gravity falls is is maybe another way that i can describe it it's it's just so wonderful and i wish that more people would check it out it's really good i do i dig it man like kids cartoons can be good i mean we they can i i know you're a few years younger than me so i but you even you like if if you were came up in like the adventure time era like adventure time was goofy and whimsical but it was also kind of talking about some real shit you know it it, Mm -hmm. it was being real and for me like i don't know something like courage the cowardly dog was wild and in a horror kid show which we might never see again but it also taught you how to how to deal with your fears and that sometimes things just seem bigger than what they are. Shit, shit is important for a kid to learn, man. Uh, so yeah, cartoon, like hard cartoons can be just as enjoyable for adults. 
I'm looking at you, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar, yeah. Avatar and My Little Pony are my go-to examples <laughs> for... <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> are my go-to examples for, like, cartoons that have, like, more broken to the mainstream that are more acceptable. <laughs> you can crap on My Little Pony all you want. It can be enjoyed by all ages if you give it a shot. Uh, you know what? Like, the no, numbers... Maybe not specifically to your taste. <laughs> no, but the numbers speak for themselves, man. We got bronies across the nation. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah dude no but hilda's good i mean i i've been trying to spread it around in in the discord servers that i'm in just a little bit you know just just share the love because it really it really is enjoyable i'm not saying it's for everybody but if you like yourself some good uh whimsical fantasy with a with a chill vibes type of type of feel i would say give it a shot if you ever are just in that mood because it is it is very enjoyable and i mean hey i don't know maybe you got like a young cousin who you want to watch something with but you can't turn on any anime because because booba <laughs> <Anime> is the <laughs> way it is. because booba yes exactly so that's kind of that's kind of my thing right now i've seen the first two seasons and i'm hype on the movie because the movie looks super sick so i'm gonna watch that later but that that's been my big thing at the moment, and I wanted to just kind of spread it out there a little bit. Fuck yeah! Oh, spread the love, dude. Hell yeah! All right, you wanna you wanna get moving on into the into the movie, or we got anything else to discuss first? No, I think I think I'm ready. I um I'm excited, honestly. I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie for the most part. I hope that's not a spoiler. Hope y'all weren't waiting until the end to, to to hear that. But no, it uh I I actually got some shit to talk about, so I'm ready. All right, hell yeah. You want to start us off? You can give us a little bit of a synopsis and uh, tell us what it was like for you going into the movie. What did you know about it, and uh, what was your first impressions? Okay, um, I'm going to skip the synopsis because I am terrible at synopsizing uh, Slice okay. of Life's. I, that's literally, if you've ever listened to any time I've tried on my show, it's the worst thing. I'm like, so there's this girl, and like, so she's alive, and, and her heart's beating because she's alive, you know? <laughs> I'm terrible. I love the show, but I just can't fucking explain it. So, um, but I knew nothing about this show other than it was considered a slice of life romance. I had heard it was nominated for uh, Anime Movie of the Year at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. So that made me feel pretty good about it. I, I had, I won't say like high hopes. I like, we were just talking about expectations. My expectations weren't through the roof, but I was like, all right, I'm walking in to something I'm pretty confident will be a, a quality production. I'm not going to have to watch no no anime misery watch. None of that shit. Um, and when uh, the first thing that stuck out to me, which I feel like is the first thing that stick, is going to stick out to a lot of people, was the art style and the colors. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I, oh, yeah. I, had to, I wanted to go check before the title screen showed me which studio it was. I was like, is this Trigger? Did Trigger do a slice of life? What the fuck? So that was, uh, that was my first impression for sure. Yeah, dude, this film is gorgeous. I mean, like and it's and it's not gorgeous because of any like technical, you know, breakthroughs or anything. It's just because like you said, the use of colors and just the stylized art style, it's it's really unique. Like it it goes for a decently like generic, you know, anime style in a way with like the characters not being anything, you know, majorly out of the norm but it's just so stylized with this what's what's the best way to describe it it's it's I, so hard to describe see, like the colors like you said are super bright i've been trying but, to find a way to describe because when you look at this and it's anime it looks like anime 
but there's something different. And usually it's movies that end up doing this. Maybe it's just the production quality is so much higher that it takes on a different form than than TV anime. But like Promare did the same thing. Um, and it's another studio trigger. Like it just looks different. Like, and I, I, I like you don't know the word to describe it, but it's it's anime two new anime i don't know there's a i mean there's a different maybe, flow to everything maybe like story or pop-up book come to life kind of in a way it's you know it's like sometimes like ch- children's kids books because they won't have like a lot of like a lot of pictures because it'll be like say a picture book but they only have so much to that they can pages that they can use so every single page will be like super like stylized and like perfect that's kind of what this movie feels like you know yeah yeah i'll agree with that kind of storybook ish but just really stylized and just super vibrant and you know this this is gonna be a chill vibes episode that's kind of that's kind of how i'm feeling because like that's what this this movie is it's vibes personified just like you just kind of turn it on and just start vibing. It's just so chill. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely dig that. And just to speak a little bit more to to the difference in in art, I think it has a lot to do with the animators being willing or able to take more risks. Because we know a lot of anime comes out kind of cookie cutter a dime a dozen. All the backgrounds kind of look the same. It, they have their techniques to to shave time off of certain things. But when it comes to a a feature film, they're going to take the time and do everything a little bit more meticulous. And I think that leads to being able to to take more risks and not have to go, well, we're going to cut corners here to save time so we can get this episode out next week. It's like, no, we have plenty of time to work on this. Let's let's do this movement this way. Uh, Let's try it. Let's see if it works. I, I think risk taking might be might be the cause. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. The film looks good. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's at the, the end of the point, day, right? it looks it's beautiful. It's beautifully animated. It's super gorgeous. That like you when I first watched it, that I didn't really have any expectations going in, and I just kind of turned it on, and it just blew me away with the start, with how it just like the the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. Maybe it's not gonna you know blow you away with some with being awesome, but it's just super chill. And I like the incorporation of, like, bubble noises and stuff that, like, match the theme of the film. And at the beginning, with just these super calming shots of just showing the backgrounds and how stylized the film is with this soothing music, I just kind of... I was like, okay, this is where my expectation is. I expect the movie to be like this. So I just kind of, you know, just lay down, chill, and just take it as it is and enjoy it. That's that's kind of how I am with this film. Yeah, I feel that, man. The the soundtrack definitely lets you know that the stakes in this aren't super high, you know? We're just a couple people going about our lives, trying not to break records. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that hurts. Okay, yeah. so so I'll, I'll run us through just a little bit of a synopsis. Okay. There's not much. Um, but it essentially just follows a, a boy, we're going to call him Cherry, and a girl, we're going to call her Smile. They have actual names, but those are easier. Cherry and Smile, very specific. So, and it's, it's, you said romance, and I can see how on face value someone could call it that, but I really, I don't see this as a romance. I see it just as 
like just a slice of life for the most part. I wholly disagree. And, this is a this is a teenage okay, romance all day, my brother. We, we can we can get into that. There is romance elements, but I it's not a romance to me. But we'll get into that later. Okay. So, Cherry is he's a, he's a nice boy with uh I want he's got a communication disorder, mostly mostly just social anxiety, really really badly. Yeah, I think um people. sensory overload, um a sensory disorder maybe because like I I feel that too. Cause he he puts his headphones on to block out like the outside noise, and there is one scene where the the sound design a lot. Oh, it's so it's good. So the sound design in this movie is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the one scene where you can hear the cicadas, and it, they just get louder and louder, and then he he throws his headphones on, and it's dead quiet. It just cuts out. Oh, it's so good. That's one of my favorite scenes, just from how it's portrayed, because that's it's so real. He's escaping. Oh, oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. So I've I've definitely been there. I mean, uh. Geez, I remember a time at my last job where we had a piece of equipment wouldn't stop beeping, and I was losing my mind. Like, I left it in the back room. I walked out to my manager in borderline tears. I was like, you have to stop this thing. It will not stop beeping, and I cannot figure out why. It's I was losing my mind, and it's because of that constant beep, beep. It just threw me into absolute sensory overload, and I, I, it's, a, it's often a... Um, what the hell am I looking for? A symptom of anxiety, which is what what happens mm-hmm. with me. I get over anxious, and then little things touching me, little sounds, they just irritate the hell out of me. They they send me into this borderline panic attack. So I think that's a lot. What is what's going on with with Cherry? So you know, hashtag relatable. Yeah, and then we have Smile, who she oh she's so cute. By the way, oh, yeah. I absolutely love her. The character designs are top notch in this film for sure, and. She's got these adorable buck teeth and braces, and she's self-conscious of them. And it's, 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 it is interesting. The characters are, like, because the thing is, you give the characters, and then that's kind of all there is to the synopsis of the film. They just kind of then just throw them into a mall, see, have them meet, and then just see what happens. That's essentially all I can really say to describe the film, which we're not doing a great job to sell the story, because there really isn't one, unfortunately. But... It doesn't need one. This this thrives on the characters and the situations and just how the film goes about just telling what little story they there is both visually and through through the characters. Yeah. I mean, if you had to I'd say if I had to sell someone on this film, it is I mean, it's your typical slice of life short, but it is a story about a boy and a girl learning to get over their get over their what the hell? What's the word I'm looking for, Sky? Hangups. Hangups. I don't know. That's that's up. Yeah, it's that's close. Getting getting over their self consciousness, uh, the things they're self conscious about. They're learning to persevere over that, and they're using each other for emotional support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's them learning to love themselves and accept themselves more because of each other. Basically, yes. It's not like a codependence thing. It doesn't portray it like that. It just. Sometimes someone else can give you the strength to do things that you never thought were possible. It's true. Yeah, there's a scene because uh, Cherry is really bad at talking in front of people. And him and him and Cherry and Smile, are they're walking, they're just walking home. And they're having a conversation. And they're talking about haikus, which is a type of uh, Japanese uh, poem. And he loves writing haikus. That's one of the things that he does 
You know, everyone's got their hobbies and they're talking about it. And she asks him if he can uh, write one right now. And he gets anxious for a minute. And then he gets inspired by the streetlights turning on. And he was like, so then he comes up with one and he says it. And she says, oh, that's really cute. He's like, why is it cute? And she gives a reason. But then she says, it's also because uh, your voice is cute. And he, he thinks about that. And I'm like, that's I like that because it's kind of real. It's just a little thing that she says that anyone could say. And it sticks with him because he's like, I never thought anyone would 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 say that would think that and that it's realistic. And I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anybody who's gone through a, a middle school romance or a high school romance feels that like things things just kind of progress. You just kind of slowly get to know somebody and you to slowly reveal that you like each other a little bit, but you're still not too sure. So it's like you don't want to really pull the trigger because you don't want to seem like a creep. Uh, or you don't want to like make them not want to talk to you. I, I I love that, and it's 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 peeling back those layers of when she says that. You know, your voice is kind of cute. He he starts to get the idea. Oh oh, maybe maybe she does like me, and maybe maybe people can like me. Like just like you said, he never thought somebody could could feel that. And that's one of my favorite things about Slice of Life is the slow slow developing budding relationships. Yeah, in the, the scene, so uh, Smile is a, she's a live streamer and uh, on, on this platform, which is basically just Twitch and Twitter combined into one thing. Yep. And I absolutely love the scene when they're like liking each other's posts and like following each other. Oh, it's so, it's so good because Cherry, Cherry posts one of his haikus. And then Smiles notices it when she's like scrolling on the feed. So then she's like, oh, this is the this is the one he just wrote. This is Cherry. So then she likes it. And then her sister starts liking all of the posts on her phone. And then he sees it. So then he follows back. And this it's this whole just very teenager like thing where they're looking at it and they're overthinking things. They're like, does this mean that she wants me to follow her? There's no way. And then he follows back and they're panicking. And oh, it's just it's so good. I really like it. It's so it's just so wholesome. I feel that and like to date myself for me me it was back on myspace if you liked somebody's fucking picture you know then they liked yours and you're like oh man things are getting serious holy shit like wow i'm gonna tell my parents they gotta meet her <laughs> and you're getting all hyped about stupid little things like that and i don't know it personally it brings me it brings me that nostalgia of, of that young love that at some point you become a pessimistic old asshole and and you don't feel those those feelings of excitement anymore so it's nice to see characters do that for me <laughs> dude i feel you yeah and i i guess i want to talk about um because the problem is there's it's not super deep so there's not like a a ton to really dig into but no. we will in just a minute i'll ask you in just a minute but i like how do you feel about the characters because like for me because it's so reliant on the characters i just have so much fun just with the little things like the way that smile's sisters react in all of the situations like regarding regarding cherry whenever smile and cherry have an interaction or whatever the her sisters that just like evilly grin and just like follow her along laughing is just so funny and just so relatable to me you know just siblings being siblings and i i i think that's just sick Oh, I, f great. I feel that, dude, 100%. Um, not from a sibling aspect, but to go back to middle school me again, you know, you see a bunch of girls and they're looking at you and then you look at them and they start to giggle. It's like, oh, oh man, did they did they like me or are they making fun of me? But at least <laughs> Ch Ch this yeah. wasn't a are they making fun of me situation, you know? Cherry could be confident that 
that they that at least she likes him as a friend and i don't know just the butterflies feeling it, it this this show is butterflies in your tummy the anime that's what it is it's true it's just super wholesome vibes oh. all the way through oh yeah um but i like the main characters to get back on your original question i i really liked them they weren't again they're not making like my top characters list or anything like that but for a movie showing young love uh absolutely amazing um uh, I liked Mr. Fujiyama for what he was, just kind of an old man who'd yell every now and then, but, um, and I'm sure... <laughs> an old man who can barely hear? Dude, he's great. No, he's awesome, and I'm sure we'll get into it, because uh, there is a, a mild plot towards, like, the middle of the show, but um, his story really, really hit me, um, but we'll talk about that more. As far as the other characters, um, good side characters. Uh, they were just good additions to... To like you said, prop up the other characters. Uh, Smile sisters only added to her, to to our enjoyment of her. And then um, I don't know why the guy's name was Japan. That was kind of weird. <laughs> His name is Japan. I mean, okay, that's not un that's not unrelatable to me. My brother has this the exact name of the town where I live, so I can't really. It's strange. That but is, it, it's life. <laughs> that is weird. But like, imagine if you named your child United States of America. <laughs> That's weirder, but either way, I don't know why they called him Japan, but, like, he was cool. You had the otaku in there. You had the delinquent in there who was always tagging stuff with the guy. I don't know. They they were there to prop up Cherry, you know? They were his support system. For what little support system he had, you know, they were loyal. Better to have a few yeah, friends the side than a characters, thousand. The side characters weren't exactly real. Like, I would say the real characters were the, the ones that it focused on, but... It didn't need the side characters to be real because, like you said, they just added to the film. They didn't take away anything. Exactly, and I don't want to. I don't want Japan's backstory. I don't want fucking Beaver's backstory. <laughs> I don't need to know why he's a street punk I don't delinquent. Need to know shit about them. No, that's what I'm saying. That's not what I'm here for. That's just adding unnecessary stuff. And when it comes to an anime, any any movie in general, you are there to tell a story, a single story. You don't have time for no B plots or C plots. And this this film did that wonderfully. It was like, nah, we're here to tell you the story about Cherry and Smile and how they get along. And the, the other characters, they're just there so you don't get bored watching two people. I agree. And most of the characters had at least one moment that just, like, made it worth it for them to be there. Even if it's just a single laugh. Like, what the the blonde girl who works at the who works at the place where Cherry and Smile work. Yep. You know? She's just there. And then there, there's a time when they, when all the characters who work there are, they're doing a dance with the old people. It's like a, just like a daycare for older people who go to hang out. Yeah. And they're doing a dance and the song is a little bit weird and, you know, some of the characters are talking about it and then they look over and the, the blonde girl is just crying while doing the dance and she's just like getting all nostalgic about when she was a little girl and just it's that it's hilarious i lose it every single time because it's just so funny because there's i've had moments like that when i just like get nostalgic and maybe start crying to a song or whatever and she's just still doing the dance because that's her thing but she's just getting all all touchy-feely about it and all of the characters are just looking at her and it's just funny i'm like Every single character gets their moment to shine at least once in the film, which makes it feel like it's worth it for them to be there and just adds to the lightheartedness of the feel of the film. I completely agree that uh, that scene had me rolling. Um, that was funny as hell. And I love like <laughs> the fact that they did that kind of stuff with side characters was perfect. You have extra characters and you have these kind of 
ridiculous outlandish comedy moments to have either smile or cherry do that cry while while doing the dance would have been out of character for them (laughs) that would not have fit yeah so while using the side character you have the best of both worlds hannah montana tm um you get you get the fucking (laughs) hilarious comedy moment and you don't have to ruin any character's believability or or core character you just we don't need fact it it builds the characters as well like when they look over cherry who's standing next to her is like awkward and like freaked out like what is she doing yeah dude it's wonderful (laughs) and again we i don't need to know anything else about blonde lady the fact that all i know about her is that she cries during the song is perfect they have npc energy and that's what i want out of my npcs you know you you are born when I see you, and you die when I when I leave. That's what I need out of you. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, what do you want to dig into? Because you you mentioned you got a couple things that you want to focus on. Um. Okay. So I I do want to talk about kind of the the goal. Uh, I don't want to even know if it's if plot's correct, but the goal of the movie. So, old man Fujiwara Fujiyama. I keep wanting to call him Fujiwara, but that's because of Chika, and that's not what we're talking about here. Okay. <laughs> Mr. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we could talk <laughs> about would fit, Kaguya. Chika would fit right in, not going to lie. She would fit right into this film. I'd pay to see it. I'd pay to see it, for sure. Um, but, man, Mr. Fujiyama keeps carrying around this empty record case, uh, and he he somebody asked him about it at some point. I can't remember the exact details, but he says, you know, something along the lines of, if I could just hear it one more time, I think I'd remember. I don't remember. And that... That scene right there, that hit me, that punched me right in the gut, dude. Oh, it hits. Because, like, I I feel that hardcore. Uh, definitely, as I'm sure a lot of people have, some trauma in the childhood, you know? Some shit that you'd mm-hmm. rather not remember that still hurts. And, unfortunately, my preferred coping mechanism has been bury it deep down inside and never bring it up again. So I feel him when it comes... Cause with burying the bad memories, I've also, by osmosis, buried some of the good memories. So there's, like, my mom passed away, and I don't remember a whole lot about her, even though I was 16 or 17 when she passed away. But I don't remember as much as I wish, and that's because the pain of her dying, I had to to deal with that. So I feel him there, like, the the feeling of not being able to remember the things that you loved, like... I only feel it a little bit. I can't imagine getting old and God forbid you have dementia or Alzheimer's and you just, you can't remember the people that are standing in front of you. You can't remember who they are. It's just, it, it re it's really emotional for me. And I'm sure it's like that mm-hmm. for a lot of people, but like the, our memories are some of the only things that we have. And even then we know that the mind fills in gaps and creates things. So those aren't 100%, but at least the the general idea, and for him to not remember what his his dead wife sounded like, like ouch, man, that hurts. Yeah, our experiences are what make us who we are. You know, without them, we wouldn't be the same person. The slightest change, like, could make you a very different person from who you ended up. So, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the quest to get the record for Mister Fujiyama was that. I was enjoying the show up until then for what it was. And then when that came in, I was like, all right, I'm invested now. Like, you, you've you hooked me. It, it took you 30 minutes, which is fine. You built up the characters. You showed that they were getting to know each other. I, I was here for the slice of life. But, yeah, I, I bit down on the bait. You've hooked me now. 
I want to get Mr. Fujiyama his record back. I want him to hear his wife's voice again. So I was I was full blown invested. Dude, it does. It it gets you invested really well, which is why one of the only conflicts that happens in the film hits like a train. Oh my god. So yeah, we we'll skip. I mean, they they searched the ends of the earth for this record. They ended up finding it in it was kind of a silly place to find it, but they found it in between the wall and the mini fridge. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> Fair enough. I'm- mind you, mind you. After they completely emptied out his entire record store and looked at every single one individually. Yep. Take them <laughs> out of the case. Double check them because uh, luckily it was uh, a record with a printed image on it, so it would have been pretty quick to find out if it was the record. But still, the man's had like thousands of records in that store. So all that tedious work, and then they find it, and then this is it plays <sighs> into like why, especially <sighs> in the like the mid two thousands. Um, comedies annoyed the shit out of me because sometimes you see something and you're like, I see a situation that could go wrong if somebody acts like no human will ever act ever because nobody's that fucking stupid. And then they go <laughs> ahead and they do that thing that you're like, nobody's that stupid to do. So Smile, as endearing as she's been throughout the entire goddamn movie so far, is holding on to this record. And when she's grasping it, like bear hugging this thing, I'm thinking... You're going to hold that too tight and you're going to break it. She didn't do that. I'm like, all right, good. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But then she's like, oh, it's a little warped. Maybe I'll try pushing down on it. And I'm like, woman, <laughs> you can just feel it. Just feel you have the record in your hand. You tell me, is that going to snap or is that going to bend? And uh, if anybody's ever touched a vinyl record, they snap. They 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 warp because of long they... like heat and stuff. They don't just you can't just bend them like a fucking twist tie. So she pushes down on the thing and she snaps it into like Just a thousand pieces. <laughs> a bunch I'm, of pieces. I'm like, God damn it. And it was that I was I was personally attacked because I was full blown invested and I was like, You just ruined <laughs> Mr. Fujiyama's chance at hearing his dead Dude. wife. If I was that man, I'm grabbing the sharpest object that I can grab and I'm coming for your throat, <laughs> woman. I don't care. Oh my lord! That so that really, really upset me, and honestly, not in a good way. Not in like a oh man, I'm more invested now. I <laughs> I almost hit you up and was like, nah, dude, I'm I'm out, fam. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. But that that stupid 2000s comedy. Whoops! I'm too stupid to breathe. Moment. It's just like, damn it! Come dude, on, dude. Okay, I feel you. This act it, it physically hurts me. It really does. It my anxiety goes through the freaking roof whenever whenever it's building up to That's that. That's it. Especially the first time. The first time was bad because I knew it was coming. I was like, please, please no. And I mean, also, it's not just us. I'm pretty sure everybody has this experience because I watched this movie with a friend a couple weeks ago, and <laughs> his reactions, his audible reactions when it was building up to this happening was absolutely gold. Probably exactly what we we experience in our heads, but just audibly, it's painful because you see it coming. The film lets you know what's going to happen, and it it hurts so bad. And I will say, I got to give props. the The character, like, animation done whenever like her realization of what she's done and her having to accept the fact it's it it, it try it tries to lighten the mood unfortunately in the moment it doesn't really work just because you know you're invested she just broke the thing that the whole point of what they were doing for the last 20 minutes and uh that's rough that's tough yeah dude um 
it <laughs> I, again it, i don't want to hearken on it too bad because it did <laughs> it did pick up and it did end on a very very good note but yeah that moment in general i was just like god damn it why did you have to you couldn't have figured out i would have been more happy <laughs> if it just would have turned out that the record couldn't play because it was warped that would have made me so much happier because then no one's at fault. I don't have to be mad at this almost perfect girl whom I'm just, I'm really enjoying. And she, I'm, I'm very, she's endearing as hell. I love smile. Um, if you don't, you're a sick bastard. It's true. But you could have done this without making her make a mistake. You know, not all problems have to come with mistakes. Sometimes the universe just doesn't work out. And that's exactly what the record being warped would have been you know it would have already been the thing is is they already they teed me up for an opening to where she didn't have to break the record and then she broke it anyway so that's what i'm most upset about i do want to say you can't you can't get mad at her for being for being dumb because i mean she's she's a girl who is she's young she lives on her smartphone i mean there's a there's a moment at the beginning you know of the film when she says something like if i don't have my phone by tomorrow i'm gonna die like (laughs) yeah true she lives she lives on the internet and in the modern day i mean how many how many tweens and teenagers do you know who are into vinyls and records like probably not a lot i mean you can't really blame her for not knowing anything about records really i mean i i, I don't know that much about records. it's more like you have it in your hands already like you can feel it's it's a it's a hard okay, plastic yeah. it's what it feels like and you don't bend the hard plastics but a lot i'm not even gonna lie to you bro a lot of this is i've Try when trying to do good things have fucked some stuff up in the past sometimes just accidentally not maliciously fuck some stuff up like JD's wife still doesn't well I think she's kind of forgiven me now but there was a five year period where she would not forgive me because I sat on her clock that she she had a a wall clock that was sitting on their couch and I just sat down without looking and sat right in it and broke the glass so for years I heard about that fair I was stupid. So I'm looking at Smile with my experiences going, please don't. I've been there. You don't have to do this. I have learned for the two of us. <laughs> Which I know isn't how it works, but yeah, they, it's it's personal, bro. It's personal for me. No, it's true. I feel you. It, it it hurts. It definitely does. But like you said, it gets resolved. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's is it is it a plot contrivance to to drag out the film just a little bit longer so we can have a a more satisfying conclusion? Probably. I'm gonna which say maybe that her takes away a little bit. Her breaking the record was contrived, if you ask me, because like I said, it just being warped, it wasn't gonna play anyway, most likely. Uh, but this, you just. It had to add a little bit of extra tension, like, oh, is Cherry going to, is he going to not want to talk to her now because she broke the record, even though she was trying to do a nice thing? Of course not. Cherry's a good boy. He's not like that. So, yeah, I, but anyway, it does. So I I do want to ask you, did you notice the record on the wall immediately like I did, or did it take you a minute? <laughs> I don't think I did. I the the problem is I watched it. I want to say like six months ago was when I first watched it, so I can't remember. But I I think I noticed it before it was like actually revealed. But it wasn't like immediately. I'm like that. That's it. Okay. I think it was like the. I think it was 
by immediately do you mean when it was well, when the back of the record was shown yeah, being so, the fireworks? Yeah, so they well they they showed that the record was the fireworks when they had what they knew was the record and then yeah. the next I don't think it was the very next scene cuz they did a quick like montage of her apologizing and her feeling sorry but not long after it showed a scene where they were in the uh the elderly recreational center or whatever and the camera kind of pans up into the corner and you see the clock has the same design of fireworks as the uh as the record and as soon as it did that I'm like hey there's another record awesome we can do this yeah. somebody's just got to figure it out and I was I was hoping that they didn't draw it out for too terribly long but as soon as it and they, and they didn't no no it wasn't terrible but I know the filmmakers were definitely saying they wanted to tell the audience like hey there's another record. So it's not like immediately noticeable, but I, I will give it up to them. It was noticeable enough that a dumbass like me could look at it and be like, hey, look at that. The record. It's it's actually more noticeable than you're giving it credit for because there's foreshadowing for it throughout the entire film. It, they do because, show it a lot. Well, they they show it a lot, but they also uh, like just characters mentioning it like they they make it and this is more noticeable on on rewatches because you know what the actual record is and where it is and Fujiyama keeps looking for the record at the uh at the mall when it we end up thinking as the viewers and the characters that the record's actually just in his place yep and the characters make a point of mentioning they're like if it was there the whole time, why was he looking for it at the mall? That's foreshadowing that. for, yep. for it actually, you know, because he it is at the mall. And I appreciate that. And that's their I first like that clue is they go, well, why does he keep looking at the mall for this old record? And then they find out mm-hmm. that the mall used to be a record printing printing shop or whatever. So, yeah, okay. Well done. Words bubble up like Soda Pop uh, director or whoever's responsible for that. Well done. Oh, also, uh, when the when they're doing research initially trying to find it, and they find out that you know it used to be a vinyl printing company, uh, and they it shows some pictures of what it looked like, uh, you know, back at the time. One of the pictures literally has young Fujiyama next to a vinyl printing. Machine. Hell yeah, hell yeah. He was a, he was a pretty good looking dude. Like I didn't expect that coming out of old man Fujiyama, but when I saw him, I was like, oh I, damn, boy, hell yeah. I thought I thought that he was. Sakura's mom in the flash in the flashbacks. Oh. to be honest, <laughs> the first time I was like, "Is that her mom?" No, it's it's him. It's 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 him. <laughs> fair, fair. It's her lover, actually. <laughs> maybe maybe that maybe that's why I was into him. I like that femboy look. I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> he was like tall with like uh, homeboy shrunk, bro. Yeah, he that's- did. <laughs> I mean, I know you shrink when you get older, but you shrink that's a, lot. a little bit, dude. Much. If you if you're an anime character, you shrink way more than any human will <laughs> yeah. ever shrink. <laughs> Drop halfway in height and get chunky when you've been thin your whole life. It's a little bit interesting, but that's yeah. it. Chibi mode activate. <laughs> <laughs> Chibi. Who? I don't know if I would consider Fujiyama Chibi, but okay. Yeah, you know what? He's do he's doing his best. Okay. <laughs> he's great love that man he's wonderful yeah yeah uh but yeah uh where you want to go from here uh i don't know it's it's so hard because you know like last week i was able to with jd just keep on going because it had a there was like a focus of the plot we were able to just kind of hit the major plot points but here it's kind of like 
just talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> it's like, whatever, the film's good, just discuss it, I feel which that. makes it difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the last major points, we already said it, the record ends up being the clock on the wall, so they do find a copy of the record, so I was I was very happy to see that. But um, yeah, the, we, we didn't mention it, but uh, Cherry, this whole time, has he's, been packing yeah, up he's to moving. move. Over the month that they've <laughs> known each, Cherry and Smile have known each other, he's been getting ready to move. Uh, and he hasn't mentioned anything, mostly because social anxiety, and I'm sure there was mm-hmm. a little bit of like, is she even going to want to still hang out with me if she knows I'm going to be leaving in a month? So he wanted to enjoy that while he could, but uh, you get yeah, a little- You can't blame him at all. No. It's, it, it makes sense. No, but you get a little like, you get the, the obligatory separation in any romance adjacent media to where there's like a- a big blow up uh, three quarters of the way through the through the movie or the series to where they're like, I don't love you anymore. You lied to me. Yeah. And then and, and that's that's where the uh, the breaking of the record comes in, because this wouldn't really have happened without some sort of conflict. And it didn't happen because of it. But the record being broken put both Cherry and Smile in a more depressed state yep. not like full-blown like no but... horrendous hikikomori depression yeah but, but bad know, state of mind smiles going through some stuff i mean she she just ruined something horrible that's been a big part of her life for a, a month or whatever you know that she's been focusing on a lot and i i really do like the scene of her trying to glue it back together she's oh. trying to glue the record back together and it just keeps not working and she's starts breaking down and then both her sisters as i mentioned before i love them they just run up and they just like hug her they're like it's okay see as as someone who uh, i i feel you there but like i'm not gonna lie the first thing that came out of my mouth as someone who kind of understands a record i'm like yeah that's not gonna work you dumb bitch no it's not gonna work at all even if you know it's not gonna work first of all it was warped anyway so it wasn't gonna work in the beginning and that's not gonna work but you're right when she started crying after it kept breaking and her sisters came and hugged her i was like oh man i'm sorry i I said some mean things and i didn't mean them (laughs) yeah it's not gonna work but it's about the idea like you know obviously i'm not sure if she thought that it would work if she glued it back together or if she just wanted to do it as like a sign to Fujiyama to like show him that she's sorry yeah but in even then and that hurts even more if she's like just trying to do it just as a as an apology and she can't even do that much that oh poor girl yeah yeah for real but um yeah so there's the I mean there's kind of the emotional split up uh and then and then Cherry next thing you know he's moving uh, before the big festival too. That's that's kind of what this whole thing is building to is the Daruma festival. Did I get that right? Do you know? I think that's right. That sounds right to me. Look at me go. Look at what happens when I watch the movie the day of recording. I remember stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Daruma yeah. festival and all the um all the old folk that are that are hanging out. Miss Mr. Fuji Fujiyama and his and his homies. They're gonna do like a a performance and that's kind of how. Smile ended up asking Cherry to go watch the fireworks with him, and that's, I think that's kind of how the seeds started getting sown, along with the broken record of, you know, he hasn't answered me, what's going on there, does he not like me, and then you find out he's moving the day of the festival. I actually think that she misinterpreted uh, the situation. Uh, that's how I take it, because she asks him if he'll go to the fireworks with her, and then he immediately gets called by Japan. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you taking so long? Get over here. And he's just like, uh, 
uh, and he's like, let's go. And I, I feel like she interpreted saying him saying, let's go as, yeah, let's go to the fireworks. Oh, so, okay. Because she immediately got really excited afterwards, which was so adorable True. oh my goodness True. her her little excited thing oh it was so cute it's so freaking adorable but we already know that he's moving and we're like that's not gonna work out it's not gonna work out yeah okay and, i didn't i didn't catch that yeah. you're right I, I was i was wondering why she was excited immediately but i thought she was just like excited at the prospect of asking him still but no that makes sense it could be either, but I do think that it was a misinterpretation, which I mean, usually I hate that so much, but it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was done in a believable way, which is something about this film that a lot of times happens where most of the time when something happens that typically it would really bother me, it's done in a subtle and believable enough way that I don't hate it. Like when they have their little falling out, it's not overly dramatized like it would be in a lot of like TV shows or movies or whatever. It's done in a way that could, you know, be perceived as reality. You know, that could actually happen to two teenagers that have just gone through something and are are already a little bit unstable i believed it Uh, absolutely and i mean every at this point in human history all media is just recreation of other media everything is a trope or it's a deconstruction of that trope and guess what at this point that's a trope now so it's not about not (laughs) using the tropes of of your genre it's about doing them correctly and the show Mm -hmm. did them correctly like you said it was a believable thing Smile didn't go, I hate you, I want you to die, I'll never talk to you again. She was just honestly hurt and trying to distance herself because someone who she was, let's say, falling in love with, uh, she wasn't going to be able to see anymore. Wasn't she? He was not going to be there in her everyday life. So she decided, all right, I'm going to distance myself so it hurts less. And especially, you know, if, if say, she had interpreted him say him saying that as we're going to the fireworks and then find out he's moving on that day and she no longer is going to be able to go to the fireworks with him yep then that just adds to it it's i you know it's like i'm growing attached to you not only are you going to leave me forever but we don't even get to do the one thing that i was really hoping we could do yep yeah exactly so build them up and break them down <laughs> i don't know where to go from here that's fair um i guess we should probably just talk about the ending now huh yeah, we're we're right about at the ending, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, that's um yeah, after after the the emotional fallout, uh yeah, we get to the final climax, which I think was really cool. All right, you want you want to break it down for us? All right, yeah, I can I can break it down. So, um obviously we got the Daruma Festival and uh you don't see like but it doesn't waste its time. It gets right to the performance of uh, of the elderly people. And instead of performing the old folk song that they've been dancing to for months, I think was it Cherry that put on the record? No, Cherry's in the car. He's on. That's, his way oh, that's out of town. That's right. Um, it wasn't Mister Fujiyama. Was it him that put on the record? I cannot remember. Okay. So what happens is they find the record. You know the the scene when they when you know Cherry's already left. He they're getting ready to move. Uh, the characters are all in the in the in the room and they realize that's when they realize that that clock on the wall is is the missing record and i want to say that it's smile who has the idea to replace the song that they were going to dance with with sakura you know well the yamazakura song yeah and get that one to we'll get cherry to to somehow make it to 
to the thing. So the song turns on at the at the festival and Smile starts live streaming it and Cherry in the car on his way out of town sees the he sees the live stream and what happens next? They they so, stupid beaver boy writes stuff on the side. Yeah, he starts writing stuff on the um he starts writing one of his haiku one of Cherry's haikus on the sign. Um, each each individual sign as they're passing down the uh, the highway or whatever it is, he writes a different kanji on. Uh, so that I I like that. Like again, Beaver's just there to he's not there to have his own story. He's there to prop up Cherry. So another good job for that. But the moment in all this that really hit me is again I'm attached to Mr. Fujiyama, and mm-hmm. uh, when my man heard the record start playing and he heard his wife's voice again and just immediately starts crying. Just the tears start bellowing out of his Ugh. eyes. I was like, damn it. We did it. We got this man his fucking memories back. He remembers. I I was pretty much in tears with him. I was pretty damn close. It's like, mm, fuck. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oof. we and we get the emotional the emotional climax that it's essentially been been building to, you know. Because uh, Cherry starts, he hops out of the car and he just starts booking it towards the, uh, t- towards Which the festival. It's so unrealistic, but at that point, like I don't care. I'm I'm here for the romance, not the. We're realism. invested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're invested, and the movie's gotta end. I would rather it end in a satisfying way than him just non-climactically just <laughs> driving off to go live somewhere else. Yeah, he just like comments on the live stream, gives them like a thumbs up or something. <laughs> like that's it. Movie over. <laughs> i'd be pissed exactly uh but yeah he books it to the festival seeing his haiku written on the fucking signs as he goes he starts yelling at beaver for uh, writing the wrong kanji about something but um yeah he bursts into the festival he climbs on top of this giant tower that is seeming i would hope is safe but doesn't i mean it looks pretty flimsily made but we got a bunch of old people on it so we're hoping it's safe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my mans ends up going, grabbing the mic from Mr. Fujiyama, who, who just prior did one of his old man yelling things. Um, was that the was that the thing that triggered him to get out of the car and go was when Mr. Fujiyama yelled his haiku that he kept that he always said to Cherry? I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't remember what. That's either what got I, him I, out of the car or what got I him to it... climb on stage. It it pushed I, him. I think it. I think what got him out of the car was specifically the street signs. You know, because the combination of seeing the live stream of what the what we what he was missing out on, and then the message from uh from Beaver via his haiku. I think it was like the combination of that that got him to uh to get out of the car and book it towards. The okay. Festival. Yep. Yep. And then and then Mr. Fujiyama's haiku haiku. I keep saying haiku. And it's because of the show. <laughs> I, and I, I have that problem too. <laughs> I, I did it when I first started watching Haiku. I called it Haiku, and that's we're gonna do our best here. Oh, but, now it's reversed. <laughs> so that's that's what okay. really pushed Cherry to get on stage. Um, before we, I know we're bouncing back and forth, and I apologize, but I have to shout out my man Tough Boy runs as fast as a motor vehicle. What an absolute <laughs> baller in a show that is not shown in. It is, this is not a superpower show. My man has to be running at least 22, 23 miles an hour. If the speed limit there's 25, he is 
just slowly being passed by this car. My man is fucking hammering, so I got to shout out <laughs> to that dude. That's also unrealistic. I mean, I feel like realistically, the speed limit there would be 30 at least, probably around 45. If it is a highway, <laughs> this guy has is running cheetah speeds. Like, this is the fastest man to ever be on the, the face of the earth. <laughs> Get him in the Olympics, bro. Hussein Bolte got shit on this guy. <laughs> Like, uh, so that, that was just a funny moment. But yeah, I think this movie at, at, by the end, it was like, who cares about realism? He's going to go get the girl. So he climbs up on stage, he grabs the mic and he starts reciting the haiku that he wrote. Where, the, the one that you referenced earlier that he wrote on the fly. Um, I feel like he, he did a little bit more tweaking to it and he, he works in ad lib baby. He works in teeth. Because the, the fucking smile has those big buck teeth that she's so self-conscious about. And he's and, and that, I mean, that does go back to, I mean, Yamazakura both means person with buck teeth and uh, cherry blossoms. Yes, so. which is interesting. I, the Japanese language never ceases to amaze me how you can have completely <laughs> different meanings for the same word. Again, English does the same thing. We have completely different meanings for some words, but it just japanese japanese is on a whole new level again cherry blossom and buck teeth buck teeth like <laughs> most of the time we don't have things that are quite that outlandish even if our language is dumb in other aspects um so yeah shout out to the japanese language for for keeping it real <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> so yeah dude just the fact it, it, the the real climax is cherry being able to stand on top of this tower in the middle of a cultural festival and scream push past his limits push past literally like you want to talk about battle shonens we're getting into battle shonen territory now <laughs> he he broke it he broke his limits and he's just screaming this haiku he's socially anxious and he's self-conscious about his uh his writings and he gets over both of those to to make an impression on smile and, and then she takes off her mask that she's been wearing. We didn't mention it at all, but oh, she's wearing a mask the entire... To hide her buck teeth, yeah. Which was way too real if, you know, obviously you've been alive these past couple of years. Way too real. Mm. Uh, but I was like, I bet this was nov a novelty four years ago. Not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, she gets over it. She shows her teeth with her braces and her big buck teeth. And and the the movie just kind of ends with them looking into I, they don't embrace do they i don't remember an embrace no i mean they're he's on top of the tower she's on the ground but you know the best part about this this climax to me it's that nobody gives a crap about cherry doing this yeah right like he's up there just belting his heart out smiles all on board it this means the world to her and he's you know Pushing past his limits to do the thing that he thought he would never be able to do. He can't talk in front of six people, let alone a whole festival of people. And nobody cares. No one in the crowd at all cares, which, you know, it really shows. It's like, that's just reality. As much as you might think everyone is judging you, honestly, unless you are doing something that directly impacts them, they probably could not give a crap about you. And then the fireworks start. Everyone focuses on the fireworks. They're like, oh, okay. And he's just, but he's still going at it. And again, to smile, it means the world. And to him, he's doing something he never thought he'd be able to do. And I really like the touch of just no one giving a crap. Yeah, dude, you, you, you hit the nail on the head right there because you're right. Uh, anxiety is in our heads. Nobody gives a fuck about us. You, you can stop worrying about the people in the supermarket. They're not following you. Um, you're fine. Uh, so I feel that and that that, that was that was a nice touch. But 
it also meant uh, it worked to hit home the fact that it was it, no matter at that point, Cherry didn't care if everybody was looking at him, laughing at him, pointing at him. It was just these two people like to to smile and to Cherry. They were the only two people on Earth right there. And the fact that nobody else seemed to care really, really hit that theme home that that they at this moment, those they're the only two people that mattered to each other. It's just live. It's living in the moment personified. And then when he said, yeah. when he said the title of the movie, I'm a sucker for that. He says the title in the movie in his haiku words, but bubble up like soda pop. I'm like, ha, there it is. There it is. He said the thing. He's, he said the thing. It's, it's literally a family guy skit where it's fucking, they, they talk about that. But yeah, ah, he, he said it. He said the name. He did it. Ah. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, very, very high emotional climax and. I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I I haven't mentioned this yet, but Smiles Buck Teeth are fucking adorable. So cute! Like she's absolutely adorable. I have a thing for for weird teeth on on my partners, and my partner right now she has uh some of her teeth are kind of like pointed out to the side, um just a little bit, just a little jagged, just a little out there, and. That's one of my weird fetishes. I'm gonna tell everybody and tell the internet now on your show, Sky. So I'm sorry, but you know uh, what? I'll do it with you because I'm actually I, I I'm with you on it because and here I can explain why I like imperfections because no one's perfect exactly dude. like no one is so little things like say maybe a mole on the face or freckles or that you need glasses or you have buck teeth or twisted teeth or whatever it's these little imperfections that make us human so I I really appreciate it and it always makes me happy to see people say get over their hangups with those imperfections because those are what make them who they are yeah and it um just to talk a little bit more about smile specifically but uh it, it really showed because she was literally internet famous for her buck teeth ever since mm-hmm. she was a kid that's that's how she got internet famous she was a little adorable kid with big buck teeth and she's carried that on and even knowing that even knowing that probably upwards of a million people in the world loved her for her buck teeth and didn't make fun of her, didn't see it as a bad thing. She was still self-conscious about them. It's like she gets all the reassurance in the world and she's still like, nah, fam, I don't like them. And then it takes one boy for her to get over it. It's, oh man, that's, that's just perfect. It's so wholesome. That's, and that's, again, that's really what this film is. It's, it's vibes personified. It's, it's super wholesome. Yeah. There's a couple moments that might make you want to pull your hair out. (laughs) At least one. (laughs) There's that one for sure, but it's, it's, it's just good. It's, it's just a good time, good family time. And I, I adore this film. I, it's a sleeper. It dropped last year, 2021. And kind of went under the radar. That's the thing about Netflix things is either everybody watches them and everybody talks about them or no one has any idea that it's like nobody knows they exist. Um, Baki the Mm -hmm. Grappler, for example, if you're not a Baki guy, you didn't know that there was a new season. And I mean, like, and, and this is a film and you would think that like because anime films so many times it's in the West, it's really hard for, you know, us to get to get access to it but on netflix it's a netflix original that means everyone has it everyone can watch it but no one no one does no and people no one knows about it people eat up these slice of life films especially good ones like um i haven't seen it but like a silent voice 
Mm-hmm. People love that shit. Um, Your Name, if that was available on Netflix, you best believe it'd be top 10 in the country the first week. Garen fucking oh, Teed. Yeah. And people like the, um, like, why Studio Ghibli is so popular. People like, not a lot of people are weebs like us. We have to accept that. Uh, a lot of people it's don't true. make anime their life. So to sit down and commit to a 26-episode anime... That's a lot, but to sit down and watch mm-hmm. a Studio Ghibli movie or a quick slice of life or fucking Akira, it's two hours out of your day. It's something you do to watch the Avengers or fucking the Born Identity or Indiana Jones. It's the same commitment. You don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about anything else. So it's way more accessible. And yeah. I, I remember a while ago Netflix was saying, like, we're getting into the anime game. We're going to revolutionize anime in the West. At least people were saying that about Netflix. And then they do stuff like this where they drop a perfectly good movie that people will eat up, if nothing else, for the original art style and animation. And they, they do nothing to promote it. They're just like, hey, it's there if you want it. Like, yeah, the promotion was it was pretty much non-existent. The only reason I knew that it was that it was a thing was one time on my TV, if I leave Netflix, you know, idle for too long, it just starts scrolling past, you know, just like flashing different things. And it was and this showed up and it was like coming soon. And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll check that out. And I did after a couple months and I was like, it's sick. It's so good. And then I went up and like none of like the big YouTubers were talking about it. None of the big podcasters were reviewing it. I'm like, this is, this is criminal. Yeah. No, I, but when you, because you gave me a, a short list of shows to pick, and when I saw this one, I had heard the name before. I couldn't remember where, I couldn't remember when, but the only reason I remembered I'd heard the name is because a, a movie like Words Bubble Up like Soda Pop, that's a very original name for a movie especially, so that's why it stuck out to me. But I had just heard it in passing, mentioned maybe once. Uh, other than that, I would have been right with you. I, I would have never known that it existed. Mm-hmm. It might have even been from me that you heard it, because I think I mentioned it in the Discord it, when I watched dude, it. Dude, it probably was. No lie. It's either that or maybe like a, like on Anime Summit or something. I know they watch a bunch of stuff over there, so maybe it was like, oh yeah, I saw this movie or, or something. Uh, but again, it was just a, a, a quick thing, or, or, or it was something in a Discord that, you know, Discord chats get buried really fucking quick, so you don't get a lot of time to marinate in them, but yeah. Again, you, you're the only person that I can canonically say has told me about this movie. That and the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, I guess. So so good for it? Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that it was nominated, to be, to be honest. I mean, I didn't think enough people watched it. But, I mean, you know, the access to films over here is, is it's pretty low. So yeah. I guess... I guess the people were just like, here's the here's the movies that I watched, and this happened to be one because it was easily accessible. Yeah, here are the anime movies that came to Netflix, Funimation, or Crunchyroll. Pick one. <laughs> no, I mean, Belle was nominated, and that thing was, like, only in movie theaters just briefly. <laughs> yeah, and again, I I mean, I know where I am. I, I would be hard-pressed to get a showing. Um, I had to go out of state to watch Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer, bro. Mm. It's, it's the most popular thing out there that has a movie. Um, there's no way in anywhere around me I was I had the accessibility to go see fucking Bell. <laughs> I, I I was lucky. I just happened to be out of town, just uh, in in another town over with nothing to do. And I checked. I was like, oh, they're showing Bell. It's Mamoru Hosoda. I should watch it. So I just I I caught it and it was great. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's see, <laughs> it's the luck of the draw though. Um. <laughs> 
I, and I, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I'll keep yeah. saying it. Like, anime is not mainstream yet. Uh, I we're Oh, not at all. Anime's mainstream in nerd culture. We have we have made it up there with, with like role playing games and like stuff that that people immediately associate associate with your ev- average everyday nerd. What gaming used to be, because um, like you go to like a Newberry Comics or any hot topic nerd store, quote unquote, you you see a bunch of anime stuff. It's like half anime shit, but yeah, mm-hmm. that the fact that I can't go to my local movie theater and see the goddamn Demon Slayer movie tells me that we're not quite over the hill yet. We're not quite there. No, I mean, you can join the Anime Brothers Discord and uh, check the... Because I posted a, a selfie from when I went to see the movie. Because uh, I was like, guys, Oh, that's look at this. right. That was your empty movie theater <laughs> selfie, <It> was, bro. <laughs> there was no... There, eventually, like right before the movie started, someone else showed up. And it was it was a couple with just a little girl. So it was me and then like a six-year-old girl with, the, with her parents who watched this movie all alone in the movie theater. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's like come on guys this this is why we don't get hardly any anime films because no one goes to see them that's the thing like, i got the showing but no one else went like at the end of the day man with societies that run like ours it's it the money talks dude very rarely do passion projects get uh get the recognition that they deserve so yeah if people aren't going to see them i would i would probably say because they didn't know the movie was being shown is at least half of it but yeah if the if Something's not making money. We're just not going to get more of it. Anime merch makes mm-hmm. a lot of money over here. Unfortunately, the the feature films we're not quite there yet. Yep, and I mean, like you said, no one knows about it. The only reason I knew that Bell was even a thing was because I just happened to be on Instagram one time when there when an ad popped up for like half a second. I yep. was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, other podcasts that uh, that I listen to that cover obscure anime. That's uh, that's it. That's how I knew. Other than that, never would have known. But I think we can probably wrap it up about here, right? Uh, yeah, I think I've said just about everything I feel like I need to say about the movie. Um, do you do you give ratings? I know the show is fairly new. Okay, yes. cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, you want to go first or want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. I'll get mine out of the way. Um, I'm going to give it a soft eight. Uh, it That record thing really, really irked <laughs> me. But they everything else was phenomenal about the movie. And... Um, I, I will admit, though, that it's it's the animation and art style that really puts it over the edge for me. With oh, it's so <sighs> yeah, without the the uniqueness in that aspect, it would probably just be another mid grade movie for me. But because it took risks and did things differently, things that they didn't have to do but they chose to do, yeah, uh, I think it deserves an eight at least. If you like slice of life anime, give this a watch. There, there, I can I. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to to uh to like a shonen schmuck like like some of the people I know. But if you like that good old slice of life wholesomeness, not not really high stakes, perfect movie for you. All right, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit higher than you. So for me, because the movie it doesn't try to be anything more than it is. Like it knows exactly what it is. It knows that it's a low stakes film, not much of a story, mostly character driven super stylized super comfy just good time watch and that's all it tries to be i i think it i think it works better for me because i can just recommend it as like if you just want something that's going to put you in a good mood aside from aside from that one part (laughs) it's going to put you in a good mood and just be an enjoyable watch you can sit down with anyone you can sit down with a little cousin or a little sibling or your kid and just enjoy it with 
pretty much anyone and just have a great time with it. And again, it's super stylized. It's just so stunning to just look at. Um, for me, it's a hard nine. I think it's not a masterpiece. It didn't, it doesn't break anything. It doesn't break the norms really to any degree, but it is, it's just such a good watch. I think I gotta, I think I'm sitting around a hard nine at this point. I've seen it about three times and every time is just, it's been just as enjoyable. Maybe not a movie I would recommend to rewatch like on your own, just because, you know, it, you're you're not going to get invested, but if you just want to chill and just have a good time, highly recommend it. It's it's really good. Yeah, dude. I um I I don't hate on your rating. I can I can see how somebody could really really like this this movie. I can also see how somebody could be like this is fucking shit. I don't agree with that, but yeah, I I I I'm I'm kind of there with you, but there you know, I've already said it. There were just a few things that like really really I have a hard time getting over the record. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's valid. But I mean, especially if you can explain it, you know, if you're just hating on it for no reason, then it's like, eh. But if you have that reason, then I mean, bump it down a point. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. But I would, I would watch this with my partner. I, I watched it earlier today. I would go back in right now and rewatch it with my partner. Um. So if oh, if yeah. that says anything, there you go. So take that as you will. We both really enjoyed it. You might not, but I mean, I mean, come on. Smile's adorable enough with 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 smile and just the art style. I mean, I think anyone can get some level of enjoyment out of it. She's yeah. so cute. <laughs> yeah, if you like endearing uh, female protagonist, if you like ridiculously good animation, or if you like slice of life romance. See, that's three different demographics we're smacking right there for people to watch this show. There you go. JD might not like it, but, you know, we're still working on him. No, JD would fucking hate it, but that's just because of who he is as a person. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're working we're slowly converting him over to slice of life trust me you'll have to listen to the episode when it comes out um, it'd be like but, the meme uh, of the yeah. guy poking the thing with the stick saying come on do stuff <laughs> that's how jd <laughs> would see this movie but i loved it so if your taste aligns with jd maybe be hesitant but honestly i'd say give it a go i really enjoy this film and i'm glad i was able to talk about it because it needs more love yeah, dude, thank you for, for inviting me onto the show, first of all, and thank you for having this as one of the movies, because I, I rarely go out of my way to watch anime movies. Usually I'm saying, let's watch Akira again, because I'm that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, you did say that when, when we did. were trying to figure you, it out. You're like, we could just do Akira well, again. <laughs> you you told me, you're like, do you want to pick the movie, or should I give you some options and like narrow it down at least? I'm like, if you let me pick out of any movie, we're doing Akira again. So, um... <laughs> You know, take that for what you will. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have to have you on again, and hopefully we won't do Akira. I can't make any promises. You know, I, I have to, like, every, like, third anime movie I watch, I have to watch Akira. It's it's <laughs> it's a pattern, and I can't break it. God help me. We'll have to work on that. All right, where can people find you? Uh, well, you are listening to a podcast, so I figure you got a pod preferred podcast platform. Search us up in the search bar on whatever podcast platform you're using right now. Uh, Anime Brothers Podcast. Anime Brothers will probably get you there. Uh, please give us a listen. We got new episodes every Monday. Uh, we also have Attack on Titan weekly episodes. By the time this drops, we're going to be nearing the end. If not, we're going to be right on the fucking doorstep. So if you're interested in Attack on Titan, we break down each episode of this last part of the final season. Um, as far as what we got going on for the podcast... The entire month of March is Mecha March. I know that goes completely against everything we talked about today, but if you also <laughs> like big robots as much as you like your slice of life high school romance, 
Uh, we hope you enjoy. We're going to be reviewing a mecha anime pretty much every week of, uh, yeah, pretty much every week of March. And then we have a special kind of wrap-up episode for the last week. So, yeah, if you're into mech, please come on over to the Anime Brothers. We'd be happy to have you. Yeah, check them out, check them out. And uh, I think with that, we're probably going to head out of here. You should join my Discord, join the Anime Brothers Discord. Uh, it's going to be good times all around. We'd love to have you. And uh, I think with that, we're going we're gonna to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Sky. I've been Earthworm. And with that, we will see you guys on the other side.